G'day, Tom. How you going? Hey, Stephen. How are you? Hey, what's going on this morning? Uh, well, uh, morning chores on a Sunday. Uh, yeah, the old uh, quality bit of house time. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem to stop around here. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's hectic as. <laughs> How are you this fine Sunday morning? Yeah, good man. Just doing a, doing a bit of a fuel filter uh, changeover, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the mechanic, man. I'd almost rather pay crew to do it for me, but I just don't have the temperament for it, you know. So, but I'm, I'm mustering my way through, mate. We'll get there. As long as it's um, not stuck. If it just unwinds and you can then stick one straight back on, that's easy. But when you've got to start jamming it's, screwdrivers into things, my hands a bit too too broad for this job, you know. So. Uh, look, uh, yeah, no, nah, getting in around motors. I think there should just be more female mechanics. Just. Smaller people. <laughs> they should employ like 10-year-olds. <laughs> Tiny little hands. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah. Podcast is albums. I understand you've heard a couple of them, so I won't do the rundown. I'm a big fan of the show, by the way. Oh, awesome. Awesome, awesome. I, I was sure we had at least one listener. <laughs> oh, yes, that was me. No <laughs> hey, uh, so, so you've got an album you'd like us to have a crack at? Look, I'm thinking um, we'll take a band. Everyone kind of knows, but no one really knows the past. So I think a band like Red Hot Chili Peppers, if you, if you think you know the early stuff, you might know Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which is like, I think, 91. But there's three three albums before that, four actually. And that's back when they were like, that was a good time, boys. You know, they were just like doing live shows, nothing but one sock, having a good time. And it's all about. The brothers, they didn't know they were going to make it. So I wonder if the Uplift Mofo Party Plan, which is, I think it's their third album they did, or 87. Okay. The last album that he little slave at the guitarist played before he tragically died of a, a drug overdose. Yeah, it's just a really fun album from start to finish. It's uh, a lot of energy, a lot of energy, Tom. Right. Uplift Mofo Party Plan. The Uplift Mofo Party Plan, yeah. Awesome. I don't know if I've listened to Up With Mofo the whole way through. Guaranteed I've heard some tracks. Up With Mofo is where they kind of got that energy before Mother's Milk and Mother's Milk was produced a bit better and a bit more edgy, but this one, it just thinks it's just a bit more fun, you know, so I yeah. thought it'd be worthy having a crack at that, mate. Okay, cool. And what's your story with Uplift Mofo Party plan? Oh, mate, I listened to Mother's Milk on my brother's walking. One day, the old Sony yellow ones were meant to be waterproof, but he didn't dare take them in the pool, obviously. But um, <laughs> cassette days, yeah. And I just remember sitting by pin set and I was just listening to headphones, Mother's Milk. And it was cracker. And I just went back a bit and pulled up uh, Freaky Style, then up with my phone. This is way back. Like 84 was the first. 85 was Freaky Style. Uh, Freaky Style. 87 was Uplift. 89 was Mother's. But uh, it's just a lot of history there. And they just, they just they didn't know they were going to make it. They're all... Yeah, that obviously infused with drug problems back in that scene of LA at the time, but um, yeah, so well it, before they were, you know, the Chili Peppers that everybody knows. But back then, it was they're a little party punk band with some weird exactly, funk sounds and trying just to having fun, man. Funk, you know, like Flea. I always remember, I remember Flea from a young MC video clip where he was having his like teddy bear pants on. He was ever seen or remember it. Like, no one knew who it was at the time, but his pants were all like. 100 teddy bears thrown on it. Young MC, I think it's Buster Moody. We should look that one up. It's pretty funny shit. I don't remember him in that video. I'm going to have to look that up. I remember seeing the teddy bear pants in the higher ground film clip for sure. Yeah, I think he he might have used them a couple of times. Well, you know, back then he probably only had one pair of pants. (laughs) (laughs) I think after that, Blood Sugar was a good album. Once they, California case, once they started talking about singing about aeroplanes and stuff, I kind of lost him, mate. Like, I kind of get it that they're really good at producing. Crazy sounds, but I just like the raw agents of the early stuff, mate. To me, it's kind of rung a bit more true. Like LA back in the in the eighties, there's some real crazy bands and crazy lifestyles going on. So yeah, it's just kind of a clipping time, you know. Cool. Uh, what do you listen to that album on now? Like it would have come out on, yeah, would have no, even come out cassette. on CD when it first came out. Probably not. It was probably no, just a cassette. No, no, no. This is so. It would have been eighty eighty seven, I think. Was that list? Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure CDs went into then, were they? Nah. No, 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 I don't think so. I can't remember the first CD player I saw, but it was around at somebody's house, and you know when stereos filled a whole cabinet and people bought the components, and this guy's dad had a CD player, and he had, like, two CDs. 
I think I think it, like Brothers in Arms had come out. I think that's when CD that album. I think Brothers in Arms was the one to get Mate. on CD when CD players first came out. So whenever that first came out, I'm pretty sure wasn't there like wasn't there like a mini CD they tried to bring out before the CD or oh they they, they did lasers and they did different things and CDs were supposed to last for a hundred years and never scratch and it was all <laughs> like we found out pretty quick that wasn't true. Not in not in my car. Every every single CD I borrowed off my brothers. Ends up getting melted in the sun on the dash of my car, so <laughs> I was I was not not popular for lending CDs. Trust me, <laughs> did you steal many off Tim? I've got a full disclosure. Your Tim's brother. Did you steal many of him? Uh, he had some good sounds, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he, he kind of got to the stage where he wouldn't really lend them anymore. I think that was just on the short was going on there. But um, you know, I. Yeah, because you could burn CDs back then, so I was just, I don't know, I could just borrow them and burn them, but in the process, sometimes they don't quite make a name, so, yeah, you know, that's me, dude. Okay, so when was the last time you listened to Uplift Mofo Party Plan from start to finish? All the time, mate. I listened to that in the vineyard. You got a a full day in the vineyard, working pretty hard, and you just put it on and go, you know, there's not even any time to skip songs or change, change albums, you're just going anyway. And this is no, definitely on that list of, of stuff you just put on all day. If you ask me, if you ask my older brother, you, I'm quite known for singing out loud, just busting <laughs> out good lyrics in the vineyard. Yeah, this one's real fun, though, mate. Good, good lyrics. Good, good sing-alongs, you know? Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, can't wait to get into it. That's awesome. Thank, yeah. Thanks You'll very much. It, mate. You'll dig it, for sure. All right, cool, Tom. Cheers, brother. Cheers, mate. Catch you later. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Bye. Do you like albums? I like albums. This is albums. And this week it is the 1987 release by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uplift Mofo Party Plus! Hey Tim. Hey Tom, how you going? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Got thrown a curveball. Indeed. Brother tried to sneak past me. He did. He's very, he's so very excited to be a part of all of this. He, uh, he's listened to a couple of podcasts now, and he, he's a bit of a fan. So he uh, definitely needed to put his two cents into it, which was just bloody hilarious. <laughs> I, I may, we're making him wait because uh, we've recorded the intro for him. Like he got a hold of us mid-season. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So this is a, it's a long time coming, and he's chosen Red Hot Chili Peppers Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Absolutely. Third album recorded by the Peppers. Indeed. It's an oldie but a goodie. It is an oldie but a goodie. I mean, it's a, it's a good to have a bit of an insight into where the Chili Peppers came from. There's obviously quite a lot of history up to this, this point. Everyone knows Blood Sugar Sex Magic Chili's onwards. You know, they've all heard those songs a million times, but where they really came from and where they got their sound from and where it all sort of started. This, this album's a nexus. It is. It's, it's a culmination of... It's like a, it's like a flashpoint. Like a, what are they? You know, when they, um, uh, what, what's, what's going to happen when the computers can make other computers and stuff? What do they call that? When AI will be self-replicating and everything will just be awesome, and it'll be like the Star Trek, and you can just go up to a replicator and say, "Make me, make me, make me mac and cheese," and it'll happen. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Oh, the singularity. Oh. It's like a singularity point. Wow, I am tired. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that took me a while to get around to. For a lot of reasons, this album is a singularity point in the like if you if it was a weird movie, I think a weird time travel movie, and you yeah. went back and changed any one thing, you wouldn't end up with what we have now. Oh, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just at this point of time, well, it's um, it's so interesting. It is, it is, and and like the Chili's at this time, they they were. There was nothing like them. They were they were drawing from influences in the past, but they just they completely from how they how they were, how they acted, how they were live, the musicianship, the music, the harking back to this P funk psychedelic kind of style, but then off the Richter, taking it to a whole nother plane, completely in a in a world of lack of originality, they were the most original thing to come out. So we've ended up with this thing happening with this season of albums. Everything's sort of 90s, 80s, and we've ended up with uh, another crossover with P-Funk, George Clinton, Absolutely. Parliament. Yep. He produced the album before yeah, this freaky, one, Freaky, freaky Styling. Styling. Yeah, that's right. They were hard to pigeonhole, and they were a bit chaotic. 
Absolutely, and much to the detriment of their record companies pulling their bloody hairs out going, oh, God, I don't know what to do. Even they were setting them up to fail to a certain extent. Apparently there were some record execs that absolutely hated the Chili Peppers (laughs) and wanted to see them fail. Oh, could you imagine it, though, in 87, like these weird bloody tattoo-wearing, multicoloured-haired... California kids. California California kids kids absolutely running a sordid muck all over the place. And sex, drugs and drugs and sex, and it was just unbelievable. And little did those record execs know that that was 87. It's too early. Yeah. Too early for grunge. Yeah. It's too early for knowing exactly what the, the next thing of the kids was going to be, and the Chili Peppers were earlier. If you look at the timeline, the amount, they sort of ended up shaping things and then sidestep grunge a bit and then ended up shaping sort of like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. What shocked me? was finding out that Anthony Kiedis is 59 and going to turn 60 this year. Oh, God, don't start. No, that's ridiculous. Have you seen him lately? He still bloody looks the same apart from his face. He has no right to be that swole. Alive. Especially (laughs) not given the history that he's been through. My God. It's amazing. Any of them, well. We'll talk mm. about drugs because it's a big part of the story. Anthony Kiedis was on drugs from the age of 11. All the time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. And this album was recorded when he was about 25. That's right, yeah. There's a point when they were doing pre-production, he got sober for the first time since he was 11. Yep. The fact that he's now pushing 60. Yeah. Nothing else has got him. No. Just show <laughs> I don't know. Is it good genetics? Is it? I yeah. cleaned his act up. He has. I mean, like, I'm sure. A now, long time ago now, now. Nowadays shows are all like, you know, ginseng tea and, and, you know, meditation and all that kind of stuff before he goes on stage. He's fixed his life up for the better. They've always been, apart from all of that side of things, they're, they're pretty fit, energetic kind of dudes. They always sort of have been. He's definitely the, the funky Keith Richards, you know. Have they, have they just tried to stay perpetual teenagers? I think so. There was a vibe about recording this album. Mm. That I think they've held on to, and this is probably why I feel like it's shaped the Chili Peppers. I don't know if Uplift Mofo Party Plan is the quintessential uh, Chili Peppers album. Uh, yeah. It's more like a really good recipe that's been handed down through generations. <laughs> yeah. And your mum's pretty good at cooking it, but and she knows all, the, knows all the ingredients and all the right measurements, but somehow it just doesn't taste as good. But all the ingredients for the Chili Peppers that you know and love today – are in this album. I don't know if they were in Freaky Style in the albums beforehand. No, it's, it's a way more um, cohesive amalgamation of all of those things that you're talking about. You know, there is that the first elements of Kiedis really starting to sing in uh, a, a few of these songs. He's really hitting his straps with his with his rapping and, and his uh, whole approach to it. But for me, like this this sound and, and like Mother's Milk, for me, back in the day was just quintessential chilies, you know, it was just, it was that when I tried to describe what Chili Peppers was like to people, it would be these sorts of songs from these albums. And then they obviously went on to their hugely successful other spectrum of, of real concentrating on songwriting while still not losing their funkadelics and especially live. They're, the, they're still sick. They're still to this day unbelievable to see. And when they're pulling out these songs and they do it all the time on tour from these early albums and they're just slaying them. Just like it was the other day, but like, you know, way more sober. Oh, well, we should mention that the guitarist on this album, mm. Halil Slovak, Halil Slovak yeah. was instrumental in developing the Chili Peppers' current sound on this album. He died of a heroin overdose mm. not long after touring this album. Tour, yeah. Not, yeah, they got back from touring and he basically shut himself off Yeah, and, and died. They tried to get he'd try, him and Anthony, who had relapsed several oh, yeah. times. Hugely. Tried to stay clean on the tour, and he had a very hard time with it. And then he isolated himself when they got back from tour, had some time off, mm. didn't have anyone to support him, and unfortunately overdosed, which is apparently what happens if you get off heroin and you go back on. Mm. It's pretty easy to do. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you're used to taking a lot and your body's not used to having it anymore. Absolutely. He died. And and so, like, even oh, – <laughs> It was. I think it was my job to watch videos. <laughs> I did my best. Even if you watch live stuff from only a few years ago, mm. you can see the songs from this album that they do. They often do me, me and my friends. Yep. And often do Behind the Sun. Yep. They feel like tributes every time. Sure. Yeah. It's quite interesting how important these guys thought this album was. Yeah. 
even though they had all this ta- turmoil and chaos happening. Oh, my God. And through all of that, Kita's not been able to do to be there in the studio because he's off trying to score drugs or whatever, you know. Like he went to rehab and came out and then just went straight back into it again, you know, and he had so much trouble sort of trying to track them all down and keep them all together and keep it cohesive. But what came out of it at the end was just amazing, you know. And you're talking about, like, you know, the, the sound of that album. Hillel's work on this album completely set up the sound of the Chilies for the next three or four albums. Like, John Frusciani was... He was a you know little eighteen year old dude in the audience who just idolised Hillel. Yeah, and he you said, can hear it in Mother's yeah. Milk, the following album. Absolutely, you can hear him just take those reins and then frishanti it. And then in Blood Sex, mm. oh, go sideways. Yeah, with it, which is what he said. I just took what he was doing because yep. he'd studied him like a yeah freak, and and just went a little bit sideways with it, made it his own thing. Uh, so, yeah. John is a Virtuoso oh, of a God. guitarist, yeah, John. Yeah, but he comes with his own problems. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. He sure <laughs> that, does. But that's future chilies. What we're talking about is eighty-seven chilies. Right. Well, let's dive into the tracks. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, "Fight Like a Brave." Fight like a brave. At the time, it was the only single to have a video. That's right. That yeah. video is very hard to find. I actually couldn't. I, I tried to it. find it. Yeah, I found it. Yep. It's a real sort of early nineties. I'd say it's an early ninety. It's nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight. But yep. it's early nineties video. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. There, there's problematic stuff with headdresses and stuff because fight like a brave. The song was written by Anthony when he came out of his first lot of rehab and he was so proud of himself. He was on the bus and he wrote this song, yep. Fight Like a Brave. And then he was so proud of himself that he gave himself a little treat and <laughs> got back into drugs. But that probably wasn't after Fight Like a Brave, but it did happen during the recording. Yeah. The, yeah, the video is super fun. It's as California as you want to be, shirts off, super, super, super fun, happy times. That's the only video of the era yeah. that I could find. I did find one for me and my friends. Yep. It was a live thing. It looked like it was German and yeah. not it says official video, but it's not. I don't yeah. think it I don't think it's official video. But yeah, that's tricky to find. You might find it on Daily Motion. It's not a good quality thing. It's like literally somebody put a VHS camcorder at an old TV and recorded it on the day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really, really bad quality. hundred percent. Or was that what 1987 video production used to yeah. be like? <laughs> oh, it's probably perfect for yeah, the time. Yeah. The song itself. What are your feelings on Fight Like a Brave? Oh, Fight Like a Brave, like you said, it is It is to do with his uh, he's getting back on. It's, it's funny, like Chili's, a lot of their songs, they say a lot of things, but they don't particularly say too much. There's not a super huge amount of depth in many of the songs. They they, they tell a story or, or a bunch of anecdotal type things, you know, but if you're looking for morals and stories, there are a certain amount of them and, and, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, Fight Like a Brave, I mean, you know, it's it's all about him being being proud and getting back onto it and... And uh, continuing onwards and continue fighting and, and keep the dream alive. And Yeah, they're 25, they're chaotic people, they're party, band, left to sender, but all about being part of a group and friends. They're yeah. like, that's the most important thing. Fight Like a Brave for me, though, has some of the best rhyme schemes in it. Sure. Some of the best example of Kiedis rapping. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a cool groove. It's one of the slower grooves on the album. It is, and there's yeah, some tremendous work. Uh, this this whole album for Flair is just is it's a lunchbox of of slappity poppity. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, he really got into the slap bass. I would say in some songs too much. Well, I mean, he would, fight like a brave doesn't yeah. is a bit is a little bit more reserved. It is. With, yeah, it, there's room to breathe on. In fight like a brave musically, yeah, yeah. That I don't think some of the other songs have absolutely. It's a, it's a good song. I think um at one stage, like in the pre-production of this, I think when Kedis went into uh, rehab, he actually actually fired him for a bit and did a bit of a hunt looking for a new singer. But would not surprise me. Yeah, didn't end up happening, and you know, that was also him fighting for his position as well, trying to get back into into the group. It was never even a question, you know. They were just waiting for him to happen. So, <laughs> but this was a, this was a long pre-production. This album. pre-production <clears throat> pre-production. Well, you needed to get rid of a couple of members as well at that stage too, so. Pre-production was really funny. EMI gave them five grand. 
to, to do pre-production and do a demo. Yeah. And they're like, okay, guys, we've signed you. Yeah, all right. Okay, do a demo. And they were working with Keith Levine, Keith Levine of Public Image Limited. That's right. P-I-L. He was way into drugs and so was L-L. So they kept aside two grand of the five grand so they could go and buy a lot of drugs. I mean, nice work if you can get it. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And that's how they started their pre-production. That, that was the precedent. That was the precedent. <laughs> But then uh, they got rid of that guy and ended up with a, a really cool producer who had done nothing of significance at the time, yep. Michael Beinhorn. Or Beinhorn? Beinhorn? Beinhorn. Michael Beinhorn. Sorry, Mr. Beinhorn, if your name is Beinhorn or Beinhorn. <laughs> <laughs> Michael can be credited with taking four guys from California who were chaotic and intersex drugs and playing live mm. and making something coherent at the studio. Absolutely. He's got writing credit on at least one of the songs. Yeah. And what a rain to pull in too, because that is the producer's job, is to get all these elements as they are splayed out he, in whichever direction they are. And he did a job. Them. He did he did his job he about did, it. did a great <laughs> job. Instead of going, hmm, well, I could take some of this money and buy myself some drugs. <laughs> he did a great job and, and I'm sure it was chaotic. I'm sure it was fun. I'm sure it was distressing. And Leah, I think it took like Seven or eight months all up to sort of get the whole thing. Ketis sat down at the start and told him he could record it in 10 days, including writing the songs. <laughs> Way to go, Ketis. He was also on heroin. And cocaine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, no, but Fight Like the Brave, I, I really like the groove. It's mm. it's a good, it's a killer start to the album, and I can see why it was their lead single 100%. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it sets you up for the party that's coming, you know. Yeah, it definitely does. It, it, it sets the whole time for the album. It rolls on into funky crime. Funky crime. It's a, it's a crime to be funky, apparently. <laughs> well, interesting politics, especially for today. Mm. The previous album, Freaky Style, they did with... George Clinton. George Clinton. Yeah. Uh, the leader of P-Funk Parliament and the George Clinton experience of life. And they had this conversation about how funk doesn't care about race, mm-hmm. but there are cultural things that sort of say, you know, reggae is for these people and funk is for these people, country music's for this people, yep. jazz is for these people. Yeah. And the song is apparently uh, just an observation about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's got this weird chorus. How would you describe that? It's this big dive bomb that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, like, it, it does this. It's got some. It's got some really funny. Like it's it's a it's a stripped back fun kind of, you know, just a really cool smoke and minimal kind of thing. Jump straight into it, and then yeah, it's sort of like it's more concentrating on the riff than anything else. And yeah, it's a bizarre little chorus. You know, it's just well, it's just funky crime over and over again, pretty much. But was he trying to sound like a cop siren? Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't think um, he knew. There's a little insecurity with. With the vocal delivery on some of the songs. Sure. I'd say Funky Crime might be one of them. Yeah. Maybe he would have, if he had a bit more confidence in himself, maybe written something different. Yeah, it's quite sparse. Yeah, uh, for the for the choruses, there's not a lot to it. Yeah. And there could be more. Yeah. But this is the Chili Peppers finding their feet amongst some chaos. Indeed. So uh, if that's what you get <laughs> <laughs> on the day, maybe that's what you take. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got Me and My Friends. I love Me and My Friends. Me and My Friends is a classic Chili Peppers, I'm with my friends song. Absolutely. It's celebrating the good times, celebrating the party, celebrating the chilies. Yeah. Have you seen, you've seen them live. Uh, Yeah, I've seen them twice now. Yeah. Did they do Me and My Friends? I don't know. I keep, my favourite part or my favourite video is um, them playing, I can't remember what city they're playing in, but it's their Off the Map DVD. Yep. When they're touring with Foo Fighters. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they crank out me and my friends. Yep. All of a sudden, this gigantic amount of ping pong balls just starts falling from the sky on top of drummer Chad Smith's head. And that goes for all the way to halfway through the middle of the song. And Anthony's losing his shit. They can't even sing the song because there's just ping pong balls flying around all over the place. Is what laughing or not? Yeah, yeah, he's laughing. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a joke. Yes. And then like, cause, you know, Dave Grohl's there, and all the Foo Fighters are all you know mucking around. And then halfway through the song, along comes the spaghetti and meatballs, and they would have dropped a ton of spaghetti and meatballs on, on Chad Smith. <laughs> oh, so good! I'll show it to you one day. It's the best. But it was just hilarious. Absolutely, about kept their composure. It was like. 
flinging spaghetti off his arms. It was hilarious. But yeah, me and my friends was just such a cracker. Um, I swear I have seen it live before, just because it's. It would be uh, uh, fair enough. Like it would be hard to know because I tried looking up me and my friends. Yeah, I found this one weird video where they had I don't know who it was. They had a different drummer, um, clearly different. Well, that was Jack Irons that did this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it <laughs> the guy was African American. I don't know who it was. Oh, it might have been um, uh, Fish from Fishbone. Okay, it yeah. might have been Fish from Fishbone. Because they, they actually, uh, a couple of lads from uh, uh, Fishbone did backup vocals on this album as well. Which okay, cool. that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It's the worst shot thing I've ever seen in my life. It's just them in a bowling alley <laughs> doing it. And then uh, if it's Fish from Fishbone, then he picks up guitar and they are swapping instruments. It's just chaotic chili pepper stuff. But yeah. it, it's almost like a demo video. There's yeah, nothing right. sort of cut into it. But then when they play Woodstock, oh. uh, the 90s Woodstock yeah. um, one, and Flea's not wearing anything. He's just got his base over and, his junk. And his knob hanging out. Yep. Well, I, you couldn't see anything on the video. Apart from the cartwheel. But you, oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, apart from the cartwheel. But there was lots of breasts in the audience. Uh, he start, the, If you watch this, you can find it on YouTube. He starts off with a tirade about touching ladies' boobies because there's lots of, lots of ladies on top of guys' shoulders with their shirts off. Yep. And he's like, hey, stop that. Otherwise, they won't keep taking their shirts off. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And we can't all enjoy it. They're their sovereign boobies. Don't you violate their booby sovereignty. <laughs> and then they go into me and my friends. And me and my friends, every video I've seen always feels like a real celebration. Mm. It doesn't matter that it's 10, 20 years after they recorded it. They're just loving this song. Yeah. Just, it's almost like. A little Chili Peppers anthem. I was just about to say that, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, you can say it and I'll edit it in. No, it's okay. okay I'll ship it. <laughs> yeah, it's got so many classic Chili Pepper elements. Yeah, absolutely. And she's a bit of a fast, like there's a, there's a few little fast, punky, thrashy elements to this album. You know, there's all these little little heavier spots in there and they were saying, uh, you know, Fleek sort of said this album was definitely one of the more, uh, more rockingest Chili's albums they did. Hillel had been playing a lot of thrash mm. and that sneaks in. Yeah. Like he was trying to get away from it with the peppers and loving what he was doing mm. and weirdly creating this this sound that he was almost afraid to do. Mm. But yeah, he did yeah, he didn't have to do the thrash stuff. But it it creeps in a bit more in this album and they can they can throw it out there now in just about anything. Yep. And you you do get the odd rockin' chili peppers. Song they went a little bit more melodic and and stuff in the later years. Oh, for sure, yeah. Some there's a lot more punk elements. I'd call it punk, yeah, totally. as opposed to thrash. So like late late eighties thrash was quite punky. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. That's me and my friends. I really like it. Yeah, it's good, yeah, great song. Yeah, uh, backwards, Take not me. backwards, not backwards. Take me to your backwards now. Now, what's he referring to when he says backwards? I wonder. Uh, I think um, that, or is it naughty? <laughs> I think it's pretty naughty. Yeah, it must yeah. be naughty. No, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were just, I mean, it was just, it was either sex, drugs, friends, or parties. Pretty much. That's it. Other Chili Peppers albums, really, really cool. Lots of different ideas and stuff. Uh, even even Blood Sex oh, yeah. has got a lot of pornographic stuff in it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Probably better executed than this. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, Blood Sugar is an opus. That album is untouchable. But we won't get into that. But um, yeah, yeah. They're. One of the reasons their record label didn't like them, especially in their uh, late 80s, was that they were a bit punk and they were quite rude. They were very naughty boys. They were quite rude. Yeah. And and Backwards is one of those songs. Yep. One of the problems... With this album is by the time you get to backwards, mm. backwoods, uh, you are sort of going, right, this is starting to sound a little bit like it's a lot of the same stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this this one's a bit of a bit of a stonker as well. It's got a flea sort of, you know, whacking down his, his trademark sort of slappity poppity business and yeah. you know and that's very much a driving force i mean you know it is such a, a huge element in this album is is flea's work as well hillel and and flea really sort of both found their sound and exploited it to the max yeah it's like album. kids playing with a new toy they can't uh, put it down 100 percent. it's yeah, almost so. a little bit too much yeah it's like oh, okay look no i'm glad you love it just okay cool yep yep 
In retrospect, as well, I guess you know it's 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 like that. But at the time, I mean, it just would have been blistering and relentless, and would have been much like their live shows, you know, just intense and 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 full on and continuous. You know, I don't imagine they come up for air a lot. No, and I think they were live band first. Yeah, and then it was Michael Benignhorn. <laughs> <laughs> who 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 had to squeeze them into a studio band? Had to turn them into something that happened uh, later. They worked with Rick Rubin, and yep. and he really sort of teaches them what to do. Well, I think he, he was approached originally for this album, or might have been the one before, but he just said they were just way too loose yeah. for him to want to do anything with. And then obviously, Blood Sugar, he's just like, right, now's the time, and because they'd done Mother's Milk, they'd done Mother's Milk, and and matured immensely, somewhat, and, yeah. Gone in a new got, direction with it, so got three years on. Absolutely, <laughs> that yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty in, impressive as well. I mean, Frischanti was nineteen when he joined the band. That's in, incredibly impressive. And then, like a year later, Mother's Milk comes out when he's twenty. Just like, and there's some insane shit on that album. Mm. And mm. then, yeah, three eight three years later, it's just far out. I mean, I can't believe. Once again, going back to uh, seems to be a very common theme with with the bands that we choose is we're not these, choosing them. We're not. This, well, this is, is true. not by design. Well, I mean, the, the yeah, a common theme with the with the bands that we review is just how insanely talented these super young kids are. Oh, that yeah, it's interesting. That's what happens, I guess, when you ask, "What is your favorite album?" Mm. People go, "What is that thing that blew me away?" And if you if you get an early album, and it, it tends to be something you like when you're a teenager, and at that time it's current, so the people who are producing the albums aren't much older than you, if at all. Yep. And then it's something that's blown you away, and talent. Yeah. You, know, you have to have that. Indeed. The story of the Chili Peppers actually ends up being something about working really, really hard. Absolutely. And not giving out. And if, and if you think about it, especially through their history, I mean, how much bullshit have they put up with and been through and, and members and tried not to do that stuff? Yeah. Are they, like, I don't know, if it's real or if it's restrictions they need to put on themselves to not fall into bad habits, but they managed to upset John a couple of times. They've yeah. had Dave Navarro. They've had countless other members yeah. fired, died, <laughs> yeah. left, like, it's yeah. a it's a tumultuous melting <laughs> pot of circumstances that are thirteen number ones later a hundred million record sales you know they just keep on keeping on and now just like we said they've released a song nearly sixty years old and they're still out there trying to own it you know I mean they were laughing at the Stones when they were in their sixties touring yeah 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 nobody's laughing at the Peppers no. Well, they're not quite there yet, but like we'll laugh at them a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. But give, for give now, give it a year or two. We'll say, "Come on, guys! Come on, guys! Come nah, on, guys!" Nah, I'd still go see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think I would too. Skinny, sweaty man in a greased. Wow. The song dedicated to Halal. There's a couple of songs in this album dedicated to Halal. Just as a general observation, he was a skinny, sweaty man, all coked up and wearing funny little suits. So yeah. they wrote a little ditty. <laughs> Anthony and Halal were doing a lot of cocaine. When he did a lot of cocaine, he liked to wear bright clothes and shuffle around doing this weird shuffly dance. Yep. And he sweated a lot. That's the song. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to say, like, you know, you need to look deeper into uh, no. the songs. But, like, really? That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, all it. That, that's it. All it's a funny is. little ditty. The thing about early peppers, and I don't know if you get this now with the chili peppers, is they there was always a funny little ditty chucked in there. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's a cracker. It's just a it's a little throwaway kind of song, but it's like it's hilarious. It's like little voiceover dubs and all that kind of stuff and, and harken to cartoon characters and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, no, it's just it's just a little thing. Yeah, most Chili albums seem to have a little thing in there somewhere, so this is their little thing. Great song. I think so. Mm. That is that. Teenager just having <laughs> look at this <laughs> this guy yeah we'll make a song out of it just, oh well they don't weren't teenagers they're in their twenties but like it they were described as being you know a bit childish 
100. percent I mean, there was nothing, nothing super it, serious about the Chili Peppers. I think in the this day. is. I think this is why kids still like them. They still have a childish, childlike element to them. Yeah. Even pushing 60. Absolutely. That's why kids still get into the Chili Peppers. You only got to have a look at Flea's soft toy pants. Oh, I love those pants. Everybody loves those pants. The teddy bear pants. The teddy bear pants. I mean, yeah, you've only got to look at those from higher ground. Yep. Skinny Sweaty Man rolls into what is probably the most unique song on the album. It's a breath of fresh air. I feel like a Braves groovy. Yeah. And then you get sort of this one pace the whole way through. Sure. This is my feeling. Yeah. You can dispute me if you want. No, no, no. There is an intensity to it. Yeah, you get sort of Mm. one pace and feel the whole way through, and then you get to Behind the Sun. Yeah. Which was... I think Michael Beanhorn gets a, gets the writing credit on this one because he encouraged Hello. Hello to like he had this riff that he didn't think was much, but he liked noodling around with it. And he was like, No, 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 let's go with that. Let's just sort of expand it. Mm. So you get this softer groove that comes out and subsequently in some of people's favorite chili peppers song songs you get like um Soul to Squeeze, you get My Friends, you get just the, the softer. Yeah, backseat kind of songs. Backseat, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. the, the, uh, yeah Soul to Squeeze. Yeah. 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 That, this song reminds me of that so much. Yeah, and this is a bit of a, um, you know, first time for a four key to sing. Yes. Because he doesn't do a lot of singing. No. You know, typically in Chili's, like especially early stuff. I mean, nowadays he's, he's singing all the time. But um, He know, didn't trust his voice very much. No, he didn't. Yeah, no. Surprisingly not super confident in his own voice, despite <laughs> how much he likes to sing and talk and rap and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, like this was a, a great opportunity for him to sort of stretch out and go into uncharted territory for himself and, and, and learn a lot more and, and develop from that as well. You know uh, whose line is it anyway? When Wayne Brady does a... Where they have to do parody songs, yeah, and somebody throws chili peppers at him. <laughs> Anthony sounds like he's doing Wayne Brady doing Anthony in places on this on this album. Oh, it's quintessential. Not- it's almost parody of Chili Peppers. Oh, that's that's such an awesome thing to think of. It, it's it's Anthony, but it's it's not quite Anthony, but it's all of Anthony. You know, it's it's he, he's, he's still, all there he's again. All, there. all the ingredients are there, but he's still developing. Yeah, yeah. His, his stream of consciousness isn't quite there yet, but definitely him. Telling the tale, and I, I think that that had a lot to do with his, his semi-lucid state at the time as well. So, California. So clean guitars, bit of sitar noodling. Yeah, the lyrics. I mean, he starts off talking about his dolphin friend. Um, <laughs> He's going a little and bit I think, of And I think that he? sort of describes the feeling of the song. Yeah. His dolphin friend spoke to him. If you know nothing else about that song and want to look it up, that's the vibe you're going to get. Yeah. It's, it's a groovy. It, it, it's a really cool song. It just though. sounds like a great little trip. I mean, they did release the, the video for it after Blood Sugar Sex Magic when they brought out What Hits, the compilation one. You know, the video for that is just... Bits they didn't use from the higher ground video, 100%, yeah, yeah, or with, they did use from the higher ground video with some little uh, fluorescent um, dolphins and stuff. Yeah, and they just added extra they cartoons just bits on there. So because the higher ground video is all green screen. Yeah, totally. They just changed what was behind the green screen. That, so, it. so none of the the playing or the lip syncing matches up. It it came out in nineteen ninety three. Three, yeah, three. So the video for that's fine, but yeah, the song itself. Is is summertime cruising? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's after after the day is done and you, yeah. I always imagine that sort of like the the evening time at the beach. It, it evokes imagery. It's That's a, what I'm trying to get at. It sure does. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and yeah, it it, it is that. Um, I can smell sea air when I listen a, to that yeah, song. It's a yeah. lower gear song. It's like you know the the party's just about to start later, but right now we're chilling and you know enjoying the vibes and uh, you know and imagine growing up. Where they did, it was all about that, you know, watching the sunsets and enjoying your beach life. And drugs and sex and, and drugs and life. sex and playing life. <laughs> <laughs> then they did a version of Subterranean Homesick Blues. How cool is this? It's pretty cool. I didn't really sort of twig even. No, I didn't either. No. no. And then I saw the title of the song I was like, hang on, I, yeah, I do know this song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I know this Chili Pepper song. No, hang on, this is a Dylan song. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, any Dylan fans will hate it. Yep, absolutely. It's completely anti Dylan. But it, uh, it's it's there's, they've thrown away just about everything except um, the general gist. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's it, a it's a, yeah. It's a good cover. That they, they actually, you know what? I watched a video about um, Devo covering a Stone song. Oh, their, um, their cover yeah, of yeah, Satisfaction. Um, Satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, and they. Basically, throw away everything except the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, and the and the vibe of it, and it, it is kind of genius. It's totally alien that song. It's just it, it's glorious. a cover. It's a yeah. cover. They they call it a cover. Well, yeah, it's but not just like literally the lyrics. <laughs> That's about it. it. Which isn't interpolation or sampling or anything. It's just we're doing a cover, but we're gonna make it Devo like nothing you've ever heard before. <laughs> yeah. Like the riff's not there. Oh, it's bizarre. But props to them and props to Chili Peppers for doing this that way. Yeah, yeah. Why not rewrite the song? And, but you know, if you call it a cover and you and you give props to the people who wrote it and whatever, that's a neat way of doing it. Yeah, there's a lot of covers that I hear that I want there to be more of the band. I'm like, I'm a fan of the band that yeah. are doing a cover of a song. I want to hear more of the band in that in song. the cover. Yeah, totally. I want to hear their version of it, not them trying to copy the song. Yeah. Those are the best covers. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and this one is uh, is very much like that as well. Yeah. Much like the Devo one. They really just sort of, you know, took it and, and they, they chili, funk- chili pepperified it. They well, funkified it. Yeah. 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 No, that's uh, good. Special secret song inside. It's a naughty song. It's a naughty song. This is the song that nearly scuttled this whole album. Yeah. The record company did not want to put it out because the original title for the song, not super secret song inside. Mm-hmm. Is um, party on your pussy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a bit dirty. And they didn't change any of the lyrics. Nope. They just <laughs> changed the name for the for the back the of the album. Notes, yeah, yeah. Totally. So when you picked up the CD in store, oh, CD tape, oh, tape cassette. and record. No, yeah, cassette. When you picked up the cassette in store, you wouldn't see any rude words on the outside. It's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a rude song. It's all about partying on that thing. You can say pussy. No, we, I can we, say we pussy. have an E this on, is our, true. on our podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Why not? You're 25, it's 1987. It's like one third of the song contents, uh, you know, lyrical content and all the songs they do anyway, so, you know. Yeah. 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 And why wouldn't you want to, you know? And you can time, do that with respect. They're young and free and, you know, I'm sure, you know, the willing participant would be more than happy to have said party on said pussy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure um, I'm sure it's Anthony Kidd or something. Come on, you know. I'd let him. <laughs> party on your pussy? <laughs> if I went there. <laughs> I just want to be involved. Who knows? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll hold your water. <laughs> Towel, Mr. Keatus. He is the master of love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pressing the wrong buttons. You've thrown me for a um, loop here, Tim. I'm sorry, that was dude. very funny. Nah. No chump, love, sucker. No chump, love, sucker. It's cool. Yep. It's about uh, getting dumped by a girlfriend. Yeah. Another one that was... Halil's problem. Yeah. <laughs> Seemed to have a bit of trouble with women that were, you know, either hungry for money or hungry for drugs or whatever. Yeah, it's being left by your girlfriend for a guy with more money and, and more, more drugs. drugs. Yeah. It's a pretty stonking groove, you know, it's a it's it's a very fast pace. There's a bit of venom in it. Lot of lot of venom yeah. in it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a few song, of, few... as as much as chili peppers can have venom, it's pretty pretty punchy. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely Punching. Yeah, it rips along. It's got a lot of energy to it. It's about what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I, I keep going to delve deeper in these songs, but they, they it's like the you know the the title says the what's in the book. You know, it's that kind of a kind of a setup to a certain extent. Well, they were more about being the Chili Peppers and being friends and and stuff as opposed to changing the world. Absolutely. There's no rage against the machine in here. They were good time boys, you know. Like yeah. it was, it was what they were doing. They were living the moment. They were writing ferocious music, and you know, to you know, see it live and play it live was just what it was all about. And had they not got the producer they got, mm. had they not sort of had their ups and downs, and just managed. This is why I said it was kind of like this nexus point. Jack Irons and Hill had been out of the band for a while. The mm. band was technically defunct for a bit, 
And then they came back in and then there was all this drug drama and getting sober and not being sober and, and one producer and another producer and then you get this point where they're happy. Yeah. They're getting through it. Happy Somebody's got yeah. a bit of a hand on the tiller, yep. pointing them in the right direction. Yeah. And they manage to get through this thing and produce something they're really happy with and proud of. Yeah. And then the tragedy happens sort of not long after and they lose Hill and they lose the drummer. Lose Jack, yeah. They lose Jack. He he didn't want to be in a band where his friends were dying. Yeah. And then ironically that sort of left left those guys to open up, get sober, get two other members mm-hmm. who were happy to yeah, well, they, keep going they, with that vibe. Yeah. I mean, Flea and Anthony weren't, weren't going to give it up. They were going to keep pushing through, keep driving, you yeah. know, keep focusing and, and continue on. And and build on that sound that happens in this album. Yeah. If this album isn't your cup of tea, and it won't be everybody's. For sure. Because it is quite punky, funky. It's really of the time. Like, of the time it was early, but now it some of it feels quite antiquated. Oh, sure. All the... All the elements of Chili Peppers are here, and they took it and they expanded it, and the, they were lucky losing half the band yeah. to keep those ideas progressing. True to those ideas, because you bring other people and you get different influences. Yeah. But really, like, what was started with this album mm. really, like, set up the next four or five albums. Absolutely. Chad Smith's, like, signature drum sound, like that that slick, laid back. Jack was laying the shit down, yeah. you know? And, and Frushanti's sound was Halal's sound. He just took it in his direction. Chad took it in his direction. But it, it, it couldn't it, have been a better... It's such a smooth progression. Oh, it's, it's, no, it's, it's not like cut and now we sound like this. No. It's just like we still sound like this and, then, and it... And exponential. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. And but like being true to ideals, Absolutely. which is which is really the chili peppers in a nutshell. Yeah, totally. They can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they do with their sound, but finding themselves was a big part of their journey. If you've read any of the oh. uh, any of the autobiographies. And I really think again, this is a real sort of mm. flashpoint moment. To their credit, they are such an amazing band. Like they're so unique. All four of them are so talented. Flea's one of the best bass players. Chad's one of the best bunk rock drummers in the world. Yeah, they're just, they're all absolutely amazing. And what they've made together, I mean, God, how many genres and styles and influences and tones and different inflections has this band taken on in its career? They can just throw their hand at anything. It will sound like the Chili Peppers, but it'll be completely different. Inspiration is a hard thing to come by. Sometimes, and these guys just have it in spades. Well, you just need a guy on cocaine dancing around your studio. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then to continue that for a a career spanning decades mm. is a feat unto itself. Okay, so what occurs after my ramble is walking on down the road. What a unique guitar sound on walking down on down the road. It's just, man, it's a, it's a funny little jingle, this. It's, it it, it sets again, up the subject matter really well. Again, it's sort of like there's elements of what they just did later, differently, better, built on. Yeah. Man, so experimental at the time mm. and then so quintessentially Chili Peppers later. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can hear a lot of future releases in this album. I can't harp on that point enough. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you don't love this album, that's fine. But where it all came from, it's just here. It's yeah. all there. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost all there. It's all the ingredients. It's all the ingredients of yeah. that lovely goulash <laughs> that is the Chili Peppers. <laughs> Love Trilogy. Apparently, if you listen to the lyrics of Love Trilogy, you will understand the Chili Peppers. I do not understand <laughs> the Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> it's honesty. I think honesty is probably, uh, whatever that is at the time, I think that's what it is. It's a crazy kind of... Selective affection. My love flows like a wise guy tide in the zaniest of a directions. My love protection, my love erection. You better get some of my infection. He loves a lot of things. A lot of the time. A lot of the time. Mm. And that's important. I think so. Reminds me of um Brick from Anchor Man. Uh, it's like are you just looking at things and pointing to them and saying that you love them? So I love lamp. <laughs> I love my friends. I love music. I love this band. He loves a lot of things. He is the master of love, Anthony Kiedis, self-professed. He's telling you all about it. With a life 
in turmoil. Yeah. However that comes, if you can say you love something, oh god, you yeah. can keep going. Absolutely. Well, it gives you a focus, you know, and, and like you said, it, it is tumultuous times, um, and relentlessly so. They had some pretty, pretty gnarly stuff, yeah, going on in their lives, like like right from the early ages. As much as success came their way, it, it, it started hard, and they always looked like whether it was due to the drugs or just the positive vibe behind the band, which is ever present in all their recordings. Like he he definitely has points where he's going on about the negativity and things, but for the most part, Chili's are an, an uplifting, positive force. There are so many albums written on heroin that are not that. <laughs> yeah. uh, polar opposites, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Similar drug things. Completely just not different. Just polar opposites. Yeah. Everything is hate yeah. and despair. Were the drugs to keep the party going and keep everything positive and happy? Well, the Chili's were the party, you know? Like, they were just so insane, like, just so excitable, so much energy, so much focus, like, the way they've... So little they, clothing. So little clothing. Many socks. It's, it's kind of like they just have have this raw energy that's exciting. Like, you know, even their early, you know, grainy video footage of them playing live, you know, like, God, to see that at your, at your local club or whatever, you know, yeah. you'd, you'd lose It'd your mind. It'd be pretty mind. wild. Yeah. There's no moody teenager nah. that comes with these guys. They party. Yeah. It's uh, shirts off, let's go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Without with being more accessible than being frat boys, shirts off, let's go. Yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. bros. No bros. It's friends. This ain't bros time. It's not bro time. It's no. friends time. That's right. Yeah. yeah, friends. Friends. Huh? There you go. Then we cracked it. I think we're discovering more about the Chili Peppers as we go along. <laughs> Organic like anti beatbox band. Anti beatbox. Come on. This is the only anti thing on oh, the album. God, complete negativity all the time. Yeah, isn't it? you can be upset about being beatbox. There's nothing wrong with beatbox. Mm, I've watched a lot of TikToks lately. Mm. Some good beatboxing. Some the loop station. Championships is pretty wild. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, they can do some crazy stuff with their voice. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they sound like monsters. Oh. You could start. Get God. a loop station. That's all I got. You'd be amazing. That's all I got. I don't but have That's it. all you need. There. <laughs> <laughs> that rounds out the album. Yep. Tim, we go into the rules of the game. Indeed, indeed. What do you want to start off with first? Best or worst song? We've always done best song first. Yeah. Okay, go best. Let's stay. Let's stay positive, bro. All right, best song, positivity. Uh, me and my friends. Yeah, cool. I like the song. All the things we said about it before. It's a great little sort of. It's it rips along. It's uh. It's got lots of primal energy. It's it's a celebration of the band. It's a great. It's a great stonker. It's a great live song. Yep, I like it. Cool. And I would say something like "Fight Like a Brave" or "Me and My Friends." Mm. I am going to say "Behind the Sun." Yep. On this album, it's a breath of fresh air. So if you listen to the album as a whole thing. It's something that happens in the middle and lets you go, oh, okay, that was a lot of slap bass. Um, <laughs> but it's also so original for the band and, again, became such an integral part of some of the best Chili Pepper songs going forward. Yeah, The clean sound, the open chords, the stripped back thing. Not all of my favourite Chili Pepper songs are that. Mm. I like the slap bass. Yeah. I like the fat grooves. Yep. But – Behind the Sun is – it's so evocative of that being in the water all day, mm. for me personally, sitting on the beach, having having a beer, refreshing, you know, getting the salt out of your mouth, yeah. watching the sunset. Behind the Sun is um, – it's a geeky lyric song. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not my thing at all, but it's my favourite song on this album. The image is really nice. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. It's, it's groovy. Yeah. Yeah. If I was sitting down to listen to my favourite Chili Peppers album, which is Blood, mm. Sex, Sugar, Magic. You'll never get it I'll right. I'll never get it right. <laughs> Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic. <laughs> I feel like this song could slot into any of the albums going forward. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's my thing. Worst song. Worst song. Uh, not really a worst song. Just a, I guess, you know, like Behind the Sun is a, is a, is a welcome reprise in the album. I think Walking On Down the Road for me – to that effect, it doesn't seem out of place because it is something. It's towards the end of the album; things are kind of winding down a little bit. It's an observational piece, uh, you know. I'm talking about things he sees. It sort of works, but it sort of doesn't. It's kind of a bit of an odd one for me. Well, I'm 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, by the time you get to that point, yeah. you're sort of like, okay. Yeah, a little bit. And I think that's kind of the way I feel once I get to that point. There's, the a, real, there's a real taper off it does, from yeah. behind the sun. Yeah. Subterranean homesick blues. Yeah. Party in your pussy. If that's, you know, then maybe you'll sort of look at that sideways and, and and there's a real tapering off, especially the last sort of three or four songs on the album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually don't know what order they were recorded in. You can't really say that they'd lost interest. But if you were if you're structuring your album, you put your strongest songs first. Yeah, that's sort of how it feels. Your lesser ones at the end, and, and mm. that's sort of how it feels, as opposed to some more full album projects yeah. where you get an overarching story. You just sort of, with this album, you get like they, what they felt their strongest stuff was. Yeah. They've tried to space it out a bit, but then at the end it it, it tapers off a bit. For sure. But that said... I'm going to say, mm. I have to get the name right. Yeah, no. um, Blood Sugar Sex. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. I'm going to find a way to bring it up in a future podcast and see what happens. Oh, I just, like, I listened to it. I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm dyslexic, damn it. <laughs> Funky crime. Yeah. Funky crime. Yeah. It's okay. If it wasn't on the album and they didn't have such a big friendly thing with George Clinton. Sure. I don't know if it would really it, – it doesn't matter that it's not on there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great – It's got a cool riff. It's got a really cool riff to it. Song, but the like, song that's all. That chorus is yeah. just it's, – it's not good. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good. It just yeah, like it just it, it sounds like it was a demo. Like yeah. he didn't know what to sing yeah. and he just went with it. Yeah, know? and it's not unskinny bop, so it doesn't become the hit. It's, yeah, it's just not, like sing this, dude. They, they had a riff and they went, we like this riff for the chorus. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't really sound like a chorus riff. You got anything else? No. Okay, I'll sing this over it. It's like, <laughs> no, totally. The rest of the song's really cool. And yeah. then it, it gets wrecked a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'll see Funky Crime on their greatest hits. No. No. Their next greatest hits because they've had a they've few. Had a greatest hits, yeah. Tim, and you'll have to explain this to your brother <laughs> <laughs> if you get the answer wrong. Is this staying on your listening device of choice? Yeah, no, it's definitely staying on there for sure. It's just going in amongst all the rest of the Chili Peppers stuff. Well, I like to get oh, chronological well, with my chilies, though. Do you, though? Yeah. You, you will be listening to it as an album. I do, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like the arc. Not, not so much lately. Like, you know, the chilies have kind of lost a little interest for me. Uh, interesting to hear what the new album's like, especially with Fresh Auntie joining back in the fold. Um, oh, see, this is what they do. Mm. Every, every They get back with him. And then their next album's good. Yep. Like. And then he goes again. And then he goes again. And then, like, so, yeah. They had Dave Navarro and <sighs> Frushanti got back in and that, it, like, the, the albums with Dave were Chili Peppers albums. I think quite successful. Well, One Hot Minute was, like, was super dark. Definitely. He took them in and, and like, he was very destructive for the band as well. Like, they were, they hit everything real hard drug-wise in that yeah. album as well. and. He was a pretty like it's, I love Dave Navarro like Jane's Addiction one of my favorite bands. Seeing him live was just so good. But I think for Chili's, there are a couple of really good songs that he did. But it was really not dark. Aeroplane. It, it's it, not Aeroplane. No, Aeroplane's a garbage song. Ah, oh, <laughs> I like Aeroplane. It's okay. Fun. It's a weird video clip. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of weird stuff happening around that time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll, I'll be I'll be keeping it. For and sure. then what was the album that they got John back? After Dave. Next one. Yeah. Californication. And the Californication is a work of genius. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's it's like the perfect evolution from Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It's like, where can we go now? And that sort of sets up where they started going with, with By the Way and, and yeah. uh, Stadium Arcadium and that kind of stuff. Yep. And so it will be interesting to see what John brings back to the band if oh, he's I'm, not fried. I'm keen. Yeah. I'm keen. He looks good. He looks good. The single's good. You know, it's. He just has to, like, he's got this. Love hate relationship with like he's the 100%. he thinks he's the black sheep, but he's probably not. But he thinks he is. He just he brings so much magic and then and then destroys himself. You know, yeah, and then he gets upset about something. Yeah, 
God, man, just fucking take, chill out. Don't take a pill, mate. Yeah. No, don't take a pill, mate. That's a problem. No it's more pill. pills for you. Okay. Uh, am I keeping this album? Again, this is one of those ones that I would skip individual songs, but if I put the thing on, yeah. like if I put the album on and I was you know, just having a, a day of manual labour or doing something, sure, I'd let it play through. Yeah. You'd probably like skip albums when you get to the last couple of songs, though. You know, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. bother reaching for the device to true, true. to change. Yeah. There's a thing. I think you can age people on what their favourite Chili Peppers album is. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't discovered Chili Peppers when Mother's Milk came out. Yeah. Seen High Ground and stuff, but I was buying other albums. Sure. You couldn't just have every song in the world at that time. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you um, only had so much allowance <laughs> to spend on your thirty dollars CD. That's right. So yeah. you know. Blood Sugar Sex Magic was the album that I bought, and that's my favourite Chili Peppers album, and I know it forwards backwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Other people, it's Californication. Some people, it's One Hot Minute. I don't know why. Or name it. I'm sure there's kids out there. There's adults. There's people people half my age who like (laughs) later albums. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. But, yeah, don't regret listening to this at all. No. It's it's been a real interesting dive. and. Who knows what would have happened if Hillel had stuck around? Would have been interesting. Yeah. Would have been interesting. Yeah, but it's a testament to Anthony and Flea and even to, to John and Chad that they kept going in the way that they did. Absolutely. And so much tragedy and stuff and, and just the attitude is inspiring. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, that's about it really, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, love everything and have friends. That's a good moniker to live by. Yeah. Fade out to me and my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon that's it. I reckon that's it. Yeah. Oh, we'll leave it there. Hey, thanks for joining us on Albums. Hit us up, albumspod at gmail.com. Just send me an email. I will call you. And we'll make this happen. Awesome. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.